listening to John Gerica on SFM. It's 11 minutes past four. Well, according to Dr. Oscar van Heerden, Mineral Resource and Energy Minister Gwedi Mantashi, support for power ships can give ESCOM the reprieve it needs to help address the country's long-term electricity crisis. He wrote in an op-ed that discusses the investment implications of these power cuts and why the minister's idea could actually be the solution to the country's needs. He joins us now, does Dr. Oscar van Heerden. Doctor, thank you very much for joining us. When these power ships were initially told that they were going to be implemented, it, it sounded like the worst idea ever. Why is it a good idea now? Well, you know, John, it sounded like a worst idea ever because we had various interest groups that immediately attacked the idea. It's like, it's like when government says, uh, with our mixed energy plan, we also need to investigate uh, nuclear. And the minute the word nuclear is mentioned, it just evokes certain groups in the country uh, that says that it's bad, it's, it's a recipe for corruption, etc., etc. So I think, I think the, the idea was attacked because it was seen as not uh, environmentally mm. friendly on the one hand, but also on the other hand, the fact that they spoke of a 20-year agreement already smacked like some kind of someone who's getting some some hands being or some palms being oiled and so forth. So I think for those reasons. Uh, uh, it was considered to be a bad idea. Okay, let, let's address the first one before we get into the nitty-gritty of what you said, because you've given some some arguments for uh, the the duration and how long. But the, the green issue is the big issue. Are these ships? Will they not destroy the environment in which they are? Well, you know, John, I make the argument that we need to look at our national interest. And the truth of the matter is, the economy is floundering. Uh, because of load shedding. Consumers, me and you, are constantly uh, suffering because of load shedding. Um, It is affecting us psychologically. It's affecting us financially because things are going off and rotten in the fridge and you need to, you know, things are breaking because it's going on and off and so on and so forth. So everyone is negatively impacted by this. And if you look at the national interest, you have to ask the difficult questions. If we are talking about damaging the environment, to what extent, for what period, Mm. vis-a-vis what is in our national interest to fix the economy, to get jobs on the go, uh, and to actually have a consistent supply of electricity. Uh, You look at, for example, example, Germany. It it couldn't have been an easy decision uh, with a country that is held up globally Mm. as someone who has gone green with alternative energy for them to now reopen a coal power station mm. because they need to keep their industries going, they need to satisfy their, their taxpayer base and so forth, could not have been an easy decision, and yet they took that decision. Uh, you also mentioned in your article uh, the, the sewage that's going into rivers because it's not being uh, properly maintained or, or looked after and there's no electricity. So that's a, an environmental impact as well. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You know, for, for those of us who don't necessarily understand the intricacies of our water uh, water works and our water reticulation, even in our urban centers. Usually, not all our dams are built on high ground where we then use gravitational uh, pool to bring the water down. Some of it is actually flat, it's on level grounds, and therefore it requires pumps to pump the water. Mm. Now, because of these continuous load shedding, there's water supply difficulties in many uh, urban centers, and this is also the reason 
white sewage is now being pumped straight into our oceans because the pumps are defective, it's not working, uh, it's not having the required hours of work because of the consistent load shedding. And so we are already experiencing significant environmental difficulties because of this. Uh, and I just think that, uh, you know, we need to reconsider. All right. Dr. Oscar van Heerden, let's talk about the costs and the duration. You said initially it was going to be 20 years. How long are you suggesting that these power ships come in? You know, the, the truth is, uh, John, the, the fact of the matter is ESCOM needs to, and government, needs to take us into confidence and say, stop talking about the next six months and stop, stop telling us by the end of the year. Rather, what I think as business, the market, and consumers want to hear is, tell us that you're going to take three years. And this is just a, a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. But tell us it's going to be three years to revamp some of the power stations, to upgrade them, and so forth. And so for three years, we are going to still have load shedding. This is how we're going to do it. But it's going to be alleviated because we have this independent supplier that is now bringing in. Uh, the 20-year thing, I think that was just uh, uh, unfortunate that, that, you know, whenever people, as I say in the article that I've written towards the end, the private sector obviously is also wanting to exploit this situation, this crisis. Uh, prices are suddenly going up exponentially of food, of logistics, of fuel. And of course, if we now talk of bringing in independent power suppliers, uh, it is, it is a foregone conclusion that they are going to want to optimize. Mm. And hence, they talk of 20 years. Right. I think governments must give them a realistic time frame and say, this is the kind of money we have. This is what we can dedicate to as an intervention. And the intervention is going to be X, not 20 years. So we need that energy plan. That's probably the most important thing here is to say, in three years, we will have, it'll, well, it'll take us three years to fix all the power stations back up to where we want them to be. So we want these power ships for those three years. Overs, good overs. Well, that's, that's the For point. example. That, give, us, give us a tangible plan and right. not talk about crisis rooms and war rooms mm. because these things don't work. Uh, let, let's talk about towards the end of the article. You, you're quite scathing on um, uh, capitalists saying that they're taking advantage and you want government to get involved in this so that uh, prices stay down. Yeah. You know, John, when you look at the European Union and the European Parliament, they take their time in terms of competition law. They, they regulate very stringently around Google and Amazon mm. and data costs and bank charges. I mean, you, you just have to go and look at what they concern themselves with. It is continuously being concerned about how do we protect our citizenry? How do we protect taxpayers? Um, and this is what I'm saying in a way our parliament is not concerned with. You know, they're worrying about uh, other things. But what they should be worrying about is how consumers are being exploited on all fronts. Um, You would recall, John, that the head of uh, Advocate Bonatelli from the Competition Commission, just prior to to this whole fuel hike, he actually went on national TV and said he he implored the airlines not to hike their prices exponentially, not to actually go all out with the high costs and so forth. And within a few weeks after that, that is exactly what they did, which was to hike the prices because there's now less competition. Yeah. It's a, a, out of the equation. And all I'm saying, I'm not, taking, uh, I'm not saying you must attack capitalists or the private sector. All I'm saying is, I'm saying, Parliament, can you, in this period of crisis, with the energy being what it is, can you protect us as 
consumer. It's interesting. You used that word, and the first thing that jumped to my mind is when COVID hit, we created a, a state of uh, disaster. Uh, it's exactly. all, so there is a possibility, and I think the DA brought this up, didn't they? A state of disaster when it comes to our electricity. Uh, things that can help the grid, for example, solar power and those kind of things, could be lowered. There can be incentives. There, there, there can be laws put into place, short-term laws, to stop the gouging of the public. Absolutely. That's one example. Another example, John, is also the fact that we could say, because there's a national emergency, we are actually going to put contracts that government have, that ESCOM have, mm. with, for example, your smelters, your aluminium smelters, big industrial plants that use an enormous amount of energy, and say we are putting those contracts in abeyance, we are suspending it for six months mm. to eight months because of our national interests, and therefore we are redirecting that energy to our businesses, to our consumers, but they are not doing this. It's as if they're not realizing that we are actually in a crisis. Uh, where can we find this op-ed, Dr. Oscar van Heerden? Well, it's, it's on News 24. News 24. All right, Dr. Oscar yeah. van Heerden. Thank you very much. International Relations, where he focuses on international policy, political economy.